This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Knows. Very good morning. Jai Shri Krishna Guru. Thank you for joining Shri Guru Charitra Parayan. Wishing you all a very happy Guruvar, very happy Thursday. Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Om Shri Ganeshaya Namaha Om Shri Saraswataya Namaha Om Shri Guru Dattatre Namaha Om Shri Mahalakshmi Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwaraha Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Guru Ve Namaha Shri Guru Charitra Parayan. Today we'll begin a new chapter which is chapter 17 Metamorphosis of the Blockheaded Youth. This chapter describes how Gurunath transforms a blockheaded Brahmin youth into a great Pandit who was directed to him by goddess Bhuvaneshwari Devi herself. So yesterday just a quick recap we understood how it is important to have a Guru Bhakti and what kind of devotion do you need to have and what are the three different kinds of disciples um, based on the anecdote explained by Narsimha Saraswati by Dhaumya Rishi that is the disciples of the Dhaumya Rishi. Now in all of this the most important lesson that you need to take or we all have to take with us is that the foundation of the spiritual sadhana can only be based on two important things and that is Guru Bhakti and Guru Seva. Without Guru Bhakti and Guru Seva, the friction or the fructification of that spiritual sadhana is not, is not possible at all. So it is extremely important that you evolve on this path. And it see most important, the spiritual foundation is laid on these two principles alone or these two key parameters alone which is Guru Bhakti and Guru Seva and in this the story narrated by Narsimha Saraswati about Dhaumya Rishi and his disciples explains what kind of Guru Bhakti and Guru Seva one must have so if you have a real master in your life you need to make sure your bhakti is of the highest order and your seva to him is done selflessly not bothering about i me myself that is the whole purpose of these leelas and these anecdotes given to us why the guru is teaching this is so that we can understand how to be a very good disciple how to serve our master and for those who are seeking the gurus you just need to seek the grace of the god and when the time is right the guru will find you so don't have to worry and when the guru finds you don't waste the time evolve on that path of spiritual spirituality because that is the highest wheel that you can ever seek in your life though like yesterday again i explained the two most important purpose of this human birth having this human body is most important one is to you know attain god realization and the second is to serve the purpose of the divine Lord Almighty for which you have taken this human birth. So don't waste your life. Don't get lost in the material worldly existence. The Maya is going to pull you inside. Maya is going to entangle you. Everybody is going to say, come look at me, look at me. It's all about bondage. It's all about lust, greed. So don't get entangled into that. Because please remember, there is no way getting out of it. It is very easy to get into the snares of Maya. But you, it's very, very difficult to get out of that. Even one small thing, the example, see if you, if, when you have, when you're wearing a shoe, Remember a small, you know, stone in the shoe, it's going to keep irritating you. So, till you don't remove the, remove the stone and throw it out, it's going to cause you irritation. You can't walk properly. Similarly, 
are these material worldly attachment bondage you know getting lost into that even if it is a job even if it is a wealth even if it is a possession even anything which is connected to material world is going to be cause of your miseries and most important um, above all if you have desires that is the going to definitely entangle you so there is no way getting out so why are you bothered see just let it be surrender unto the will of the divine lord almighty just surrender unto the lotus feet of lord shri krishna most important and then just go ahead go with the flow life will be very beautiful you just need to sleep walk this material world yes we are going to feel the pain because if when we think or believe we are this body it is going to hurt our body we are going to feel the impact it appears as though everything is happening it's real but in reality everything is unreal anything that is created in this material world is unreal this is something you need to understand so don't get lost in it so let us evolve on the path of spirituality so let's start the story siddha yogi says to namdarak that the purpose of shri narsimha saraswati's advent is for bringing about the moral and spiritual regeneration of the people of the whole land not merely of people of a particular area or region of his birth absolutely what is he saying here see the divine beings manifest to establish dharma in this world in this entire universe they are not thinking about it is only for my people or the family i have manifested into or for somebody very specific no not at all they come here to do good to this entire universe to this entire human kind and their their goodness uh, sorry the way they do is only to establish dharma and put back righteousness back on track and most important to ensure that the disciples and the devotees are put on their spiritual path what is it spiritual path and for those who just want to live in the material world they ensure that they teach them the moral conduct how to live a righteous life and show them the way of life this is why these divine beings manifest and what is mentioned here bringing about the moral moral is extremely important because today we lose our moral values we don't follow anything that we have learned today if you see the way how people behave in this world it is atrocious they have literally lost what is goodness what is love how to be kind how to be friendly how to live in harmony harmony oh my god that is so gone out of window long long ago <laughs> i don't know what is harmony mean today in that world we are fighting with each other whether it is countries whether it is nations everybody is fighting at each other why why are you claiming ownership possession can we not live and let live this is the thing we have forgotten why can't we be good see we have to share everything is god given god given this entire universe doesn't belong to us it is the creation of the divine lord almighty so who is claiming ownership to what is it my possession your possession no if somebody has something in excess can we not share and live we have to give giving is a most important thing we have forgotten this idea the concept of giving itself people think they own they own this world they own nature they own everything i'm sorry you know what that is why when pandemic hit what did anybody own can anybody own anything this is what was understood by us when pandemic came into existence nobody could own anything 
and why are we yet forgetting this most important lesson which the nature is constantly giving us or teaching us we don't understand why because we have given into our lust and greed greed has smitten we are literally lost by greed why should you be greedy you know i'll ask you one simple question what are who are you saving all that you are earning for and most important and answer this question and how much can you own when you die are you going to take any of those possessions with you or the wealth with you no you are going to leave it for your daughter grandchildren everybody and they might not even value what you have saved for them so what makes you think that you are responsible to ensure that somebody's well being has to be ensure somebody's well being uh, needs to be taken care of why are you bothered about that so please remember you need to live in the here and the now most important are you contented with your life do you have contentment have you ever experienced this word in in sanskrit we say trupt trupt means feeling contentment with everything that you have with everything god has bestowed upon you have you ever felt that ask yourself this question you know what the moment one desire is fulfilled our next 10 desires is already waiting and knocking the door oh i am here i am here look at me so you need to keep fulfilling those desires what is the use you know to be contented with everything that you have is the highest a feeling i don't know how to explain what the right word yeah it's a blissful state blissful state again is not a happy or a joy or sad state it's about just being through through with everything you're just grateful for this life you're thankful for god for giving you such a wonderful life and you're just happy with everything that is around see happiness again is a state of mind i don't know what other word that i can use to describe it's just a feeling see happiness is a state of mind the the joy the happiness or sadness is only felt in the mind depending upon an event whether it is favorable or unfavorable according to your mind or what you believe in so the same event which is favorable to you to some person it might be unfavorable and what is unfavorable to you to another being that might be a favorable favorable thing so how do you define right and wrong or good or bad we cannot it's only from your point of view and that is why in spirituality we are taught to have equanimity of mind which means then we don't sway between the right and wrong good and bad nothing that is the state to be in which is blissfulness and that is also the state to be in where you will feel contented with everything that god has bestowed upon you you are not running after more on the contrary you will give you will give everyone whatever that you can giving is a must in life please remember if you don't give then there is a big problem actually in uddhav gita uh, last week's satsang you have to go listen in krishna knows which my krishna guruji has done and in that lord shri krishna is teaching uddhava how your whatever that you earn The, there's a certain percentage which you have to spend towards different different things in this universe but are we even doing that you need to go uh, go listen to this satsang it is on giving what it means to give this wealth is not just for your greed alone what are you thinking that it's it's for i me myself no this is for this entire universe so, but today there is a huge disparity the greed is increasing that is why the adharma is growing and when the adharma is at the rise what happens the lord comes to destroy the adharma and put again dharma back on track that is why the divine manifests so in this narsimha saraswati is saying the reason of his birth is to establish 
is bringing about the moral and most important listen to the word spiritual regeneration of the people of the whole land because people have taken thrown god out of their life that is not a right thing to do if god is not there you don't exist so what makes you think that you can just say i don't want god that's not the right thing to do that is why these people manifest time and again not merely of people of a particular area or region of his birth he was a pari vrajaka a constant itinerant never staying normally at one place for more than 5 days at most so he is to keep roaming see they are avaduta free lord datatreya is an avaduta he is ever free he is roaming all over this universe and he is not going to be in a particular place he is going to keep going ahead he is just there and you call him he will come and then he will disappear and he is not bound by everything and how beautiful is the life of an avaduta you are just free you are desireless you are selfless and that is why these beings can grant imagine we go to all these great sages and saints and the masters the great gurus everybody who have nothing with them they have nothing to covet they nothing to own nothing 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 and yet we go with a you know big bowl or begging bowl to them saying give us this give us that and can you believe these are the great beings who fulfill your desires why because they are themselves a desireless being they have nothing to own they don't own anything not even a single penny they don't know where is the tomorrow's meal going to come from that is the life they live can you live a life like that so please remember so when these are the great beings to whom we go you know seek and ask for to fulfillment of our desires and they themselves are the desireless being you know isn't that an irony anyway but why are they able to fill, fulfill your desires because they themselves are desireless being and they own this entire universe yet they don't own anything how beautiful is that and we are the creation of these divine lord almighty the the divine lord almighty and think that we own that garden or we own that plant how funny is that like ramkrishna paramahamsa ji says what can you give you know what flask can you offer you know from the garden who be, which belongs to the master himself what are you going to offer just pluck few flowers and then go give it to him no you can't so what are you trying to offer there is nothing that you own and this is the knowledge that is not understood by us what is that one thing that you need to seek you need to seek that spiritual wheel you need to seek the devotion that is what is important that is how you will be able to get out of this material worldly mind that you are living and most important don't get entangled with anyone or anybody don't go into that further lust and greed the more you get into the more deeper you are going to go into and it's not about just laughing away there's no point in laughing away laughing away at your life please remember when maya gives you two tight slaps then you will not know what hit you and that time please laugh and let me also watch how much you will going to laugh so like clouds moving in all the directions and to even the farthest corners only for the purpose of showering rain and to provide the life giving waters to all so also shri narsimha saraswati wandering all over the land visiting all the pilgrim places was bestowing his grace on all people of different places and different regions and of all types he used to elevate the afflictions of the people by his divine powers for the spiritual aspirants he was nyana bhaskara 
dispelling their doubts, illumining their intellect and uplifting and enriching their spirit. Who was he? Jnana Bhaskara for those spiritual seekers. So how many spiritual seekers are there today in this world? No, everybody comes with material desires alone. Yesterday, my Krishna Guruji was doing a very beautiful lesson from Samartha Ramdas's Das Bodh. Hindu Samartha Ramdas Maharaj is teaching the great masters when they manifest, they look for this one in a billion or million, you know, that one, one spirit, true spiritual devotee, two spiritual aspirant who wants to just want God in their life. Not saying that I want to get married, I want a job, I want to get lost in this material world. No. A real devotee, that is who they seek. The one who wants to commit their entire life in for spiritual wheel alone, for spirituality alone. They want to stand these lessons. That is the kind of a devotee which this, which this great masters keep seeking. They don't give up. In that Samarth Ramdas Maharaj has said, you have to find that one in a million. Because there's only one being like that, one person like that. And that is God's own creation. So, but you have to keep looking. And this morning, my Krishna Guruji gave a very beautiful satsang to me. You know, he just said, you have to keep the company of these devotees alone. Keep those who can talk about God, not those who can talk about only the material worldly stuff. Oh, you know what? My grocery is over. Can you buy me this grocery? Oh, you know what? Oh, today, what food did you make? Today, I made this. What did? Oh my God. How does it matter what food you made? What did you eat? Is that even a conversation? Is that a point of discussion? No, this body has to be fed. So we have to just eat something. Why is that becoming the main focus? Because they can't think about God. They only want to talk all this nonsensical stuff in their life. What else they can talk? Either their sickness, whom oh, I am not well. You know, every, the moment you see these people, the first thing they will say is, I am not well. Can you ever say I am well? How does it matter? That, that whole thought process will change. But the first thing they'll open their mouth and say, oh, I have this pain. You know how irritating it is. Sometimes I want to throttle their neck. It, it gets so frustrating. It's very, very irritating to listen to every single time that you face this people. Oh, I am sick. My sugar level has gone down or my blood pressure is, you know, gone low. I don't know. Why do you need to keep saying this? Can you just samarpan at the feet of the divine and chant his name? What did Baba say? Hari bol. Where is Hari? No, they are doing japa of their sickness. This is what the world is all about. Or they will only talk about the futile, the futile life. Which is, oh, my, my possession, my asset, I have to do this, constantly thinking about all the nonsensical. They don't want themselves to go, you know, go on the path of spiritual or evolve for their own well-being. But they're also, you know, try to become an obstacle or spoke in the wheel for those who are also evolving on the path of spiritual. This is the world we are into. So, you know, don't get lost in this material worldly attachments. It is going to pull you down. They can only talk nonsensical stuff. They don't, they don't care about their own well-being. God is not even there. You know how God is for them? They have a very standard disciplined life. You know, in the morning, like you brush, you have your bath. Like that, God is also a task. They just have to go, you know, light a lamp. Just say, God, keep me safe. Well, most important, what is the prayer going to be? God, take care of me. Today, I have this problem. My health is, you know, not doing well. Okay, just take care of me. I need to be good. That is all they pray. Have they ever said, how much I love you? I love you, God. How you? How are you doing? How sweet are you? How beautiful you are you? You know what is Madhurashtakam? 
Adi Shankaracharya has composed the beautiful Madhurashtakam, describing how every aspect of Lord Shri Krishna is so beautiful. You know, it's just listening to the words, you will get lost, you will merge in Lord Shri Krishna. That is the kind of devotion it has to invoke within you, the bhakti. But what are these people doing? Like, a, you know, it's a mundane task for them. Prayer has become a mundane task. But the bhakti is not there. Where is the question of bhakti? What does bhakti mean? Guru bhakti, bhakti to the divine. It's love and devotion. Can you melt? You, you should cry. When you listen to the Madhurashtakam, you have to hori plate. Your being has to feel that sweetness of Lord Sri Krishna. Every pore of your being should feel that. Adharam Madharam, Adharam Madhuram, Vadanam Madhuram. You know how beautiful. Hasitam Madhuram. You know, every aspect of Lord Sri Krishna is so sweet. It's, it's you know, just listening to that, you, you have to cry. Imagine Adi Shankaracharya, he's an, you know, incarnation of Lord Shivji himself. And Shivji is the highest devotee of Lord Sri Krishna. And he composed such a beautiful, uh, you know, the, uh, the beautiful poem or in, you know, bhajan, you can say. How beautiful is that? Krishnashtakam, what does it say? It talks about all the grand glory and how great Lord Shri Krishna is. Do we even understand a word of that? Do we even feel? See, when you sing these bhajans, that word has to embed in your being. Every pore should become, you know, it has to literally, you have to become that word yourself to understand the meaning of the power of devotion and bhakti. Today, people don't understand the word of what bhakti means. It's just that everybody's trying to say, oh yeah, I'm devoted, I'm spiritual. And this has become a fad word, spiritual. The word spirituality itself is completely abused. Why? Because you don't even understand what spirit, being spiritual means. So first understand what it means and then talk about it. And it's not a fad, okay? That, oh, spirituality has become an escapism. For those who feel frustrated in the material world, they find the easy way out. Is oh, I'm a spiritual. I'm going into spiritual. They think that coming into spiritual means it's an, they, they're going to get some peace. You know, that's what they feel. Spirituality is not about peace. Nothing. Spirituality is about understanding the truth about who I am. Who am I? I am not this body. I am that spirit. I am the divine being. I am not this body, this mind, the senses, the things that I believe to be. Not this ego, not this arrogant being. No, none of this. I am the divine being. That realization is what is called self-realization. You need to realize the God within you. That is why we say God realization. Understanding the truth. And that is that can that is possible only through bhakti, devotion. Yes, there are different paths, but in Kali Yuga, the only path is bhakti alone, bhakti marg, the path of bhakti unto the anybody, unto your own ishta, whoever you love the most, just have love and devotion to them, have absolute bhakti. See, spirituality again is not for everybody. Why did Samarth Ramdas Maharaj say that? The, the, the gurus and the great masters keep find, searching for this one in a million disciple or devotee. Why do you think they are saying this? You think they are some, um, I shouldn't call them 
sorry anything but they are not ignorant being they are the, they are the god almighty they are the knowledge themselves if they are saying there must be something that spirituality is not for everybody people come here you know like they come to meet my krishna guruji all of us we all even everybody came to him with the first with an ask with a desire we all come not for seeking spiritual wheel we come to wanting our material worldly desires to be fulfilled so please stop doing that what are you coming you need to seek spiritual wheel with him he is not sitting here to grant your you know to he is not a wish fulfilling tree to sit and grant you jobs children you name it marriage wealth every other thing or cure the most important diseases he everybody will come guru ji i have this problem i have that problem somebody has he is not running a consultancy here or he is not a man friday you know who who wants to fix all your life everything that's broken in your world please come to ask him about spirituality alone you know understand your hit your hit means what is good for you that is what you have to seek the more you ask the more you go into the gutters remember this don't ask god knows what to give you he has already programmed your life his your life is already been predefined so why are you afraid lord shri krishna says why fear when i am here and most important you need to be contented the virtue one of the virtue is to feeling tript and have faith we have become faithless people why because we have ourselves not understood the real meaning of what it means to have faith in ourselves forget so today at least have faith in the divine you at least believe no okay he is my god he is the master who has created me so have faith in that master who has created you he is your father mother he has given birth to you so he knows how to take care of you so why doubt why doubt when he is there why fear when he is there so don't be afraid just seek him ask him for you know ask him that grace so that you can grow in your world of spiritual that is what is important so he used to elevate the afflictions of the people by his divine powers for the spiritual aspirants he was jnana bhaskara the one who is shining jnana is knowledge bhaskar means the light one who would you know illumines through his knowledge and removes the ignorance guru remover of ignorance or darkness and illuminer of knowledge dispelling their doubts illumining their intellect and uplifting and enriching their spirit every word of his whenever and to whomsoever he uttered had a deep spiritual truth in simple and easily understood language and illustrating through the most apt examples and anecdotes oh my god this is absolutely so so true you know what when the great masters teach you know this is a very beautiful thing i have experienced or continue to learn from my krishna guruji how to explain the most complex or even the most esoteric of all knowledge even to a 5 year old in a very simple way i'm telling you the one of the way see this is one of the nature of the guru the real master he will be able to explain the most complex subject even if it is a spiritual truth very complex in the most simplest form in a simple language and with examples and anecdotes that is how these gurus teach you need to recognize this is one of their natures only a real master can do this not anybody else sometimes my krishna guruji will say he say explain technology to like how can you can explain to a 5 year old and many a time i'll try i'll struggle he says don't use your big big that words you know i don't understand anything what you're saying explain 
to a five-year-old? How do you explain to a simple mind? This is what he'll always ask me and I fail to do so because that's an art that has to come within. It's it's a you have to try, but like he says, you have to practice. Till you don't try, you you will not be able to do that. So I I'll watch him. Like example, to me, he explained how the propulsion engine works with a simple example of an exhaust fan in the from the bathroom. So he just closed the door and and you know gave me an example how the how the, the air pressure happens and how does the engine actually functions. Can you believe this? I was amazed and appalled. I was just speechless. He made he makes the most complex subjects so to be able to understand by simple minds. I don't even know what quantum computing means. <laughs> not that I don't. I'm not just saying. But the complexity of the subject, he explains to me like a child, five-year-old to a five-year-old. And that is the art. Only the God, you know, the real master, only God can teach like that. And this is one way to recognize who these divine beings are. That's the way you will recognize them. That is one of their natures. And nobody in this planet Earth can do this. Let me tell you. Mark my words. Nobody else except the Lord Almighty himself. So every word of his, whenever and to whomsoever he uttered, had a deep spiritual truth. Ah, again, this is a very important lesson for you to know. See, when a, when the real master speaks, when the real guru speaks, I'm not talking about the fake gurus in this world, huh? the real guru. When they speak, even every word from their mouth is gospel truth alone and has deep spiritual significance. There is deep spiritual truth that they are teaching. And you know what? We will laugh it away. Because we think the master opposite is just saying something nonsense. This is how the human mind thinks. Because it knows too much. You know, they say, you know, empty vessel makes more noise. And um, another, uh, the worse than that is half-baked knowledge is even more dangerous. So people today have very limited knowledge or no knowledge. And they think they know too much. And they'll come and open their mouth in front of my Krishna Guruji. And many a time, yes, even I've done that. Like, yeah, I, I think I know. But unfortunately, I don't know because my master goes in depth of every subject. So likewise, we have to make an effort to go deep into the subject and understand and never open your mouth and say, I know. The moment you say, I know, then your ego will come. Then your fall is for sure. So never say, I know and be quiet, be silent and listen to him, learn from him because he's the knowledge almighty. He's the knowledge all in, he's the knowledge incarnate. He's the master of all knowledge. So who are you trying to teach and what are you trying to teach? So first learn to have humility and humbleness to get that knowledge. Don't open your mouth. When you open your mouth, then you will not get that knowledge. And this is one important lesson which my Krishna Guruji tells us. Because you know what? We don't have control over our mind. Our mind is a monkey which keeps jumping hither, hither and keeps talking too much. And that is the one reason why we can't progress on in the path of spirituality. So, every word of his, whenever and to whomsoever he uttered, had a deep spiritual truth in simple and easily understood language and illustrating through the most apt examples and anecdote. Even if he's teaching someone, and remember if you're listening to those words, that you will still gain knowledge by it. So, nothing that the Guru speaks is gone waste ever. Because the moment he opens his mouth, there's only truth that is coming out. Every, for everybody else, it is falsehood. But when the Guru, the great God Almighty speaks, he is only talking knowledge. Please remember. So don't discount anything that your Guru says. Don't ignore him or don't try to, oh, my Guruji doesn't know. 
who who do you think you are you don't know not your guruji siddha yogi then begins narrating the story of the blockaded youth during gurunath's stay at audumbar on the western banks of river krishna in the vicinity of billabadi one brahmin youth from karavir nagar came for his darshan the visitor narrated his story to gurunath his father was a learned scholar in all the shastras and was a strict and meticulous observer of all religious rites his mother also was a very pious lady in his 7th year his thread ceremony was performed and he was initiated into vedic studies alas he was too dull to make any progress to add to his misfortune he lost both his parents when he was barely 10 years of age he was advancing in age but without making any progress in studies he became a butt to ridicule in the town even even his near relations were showing nothing but contempt towards him a few well wishers of his advised him that he should still try and pick up learning they stressed the importance of learning in life through learning only comes wealth happiness respectability and fame they told him that only a learned man will be welcomed anywhere and will be received with respect by others he will be honored in royal courts in assemblies of the pandits and the wise a man without learning is given no recognition and will receive no respect anywhere the youth felt greatly frustrated and desperate he felt his life was a waste he felt that death would be far better than his life uh, sorry he felt that death would be far better than his living a life of humiliation he left his village and went out wandering so this is this is uh, this happens to all of us at some point or the other we feel that our knowledge is insufficient sometimes genuinely because of our karma we are unable to study we can't learn or we haven't even made an effort and then what we will blame the whole world we will blame the situation we will blame finally god for all our misfortunes but why we we believe that okay we should have got something and i have not able to study i have not been able to do something and someone is able to do it and that's how it happens and then what you feel you feel miserable and everybody is going to humiliate you ridicule you and then you don't know what to do the only option comes is oh i want to commit suicide i don't want to live this life but that is a defeatist attitude so what should you do you have to put in your efforts you have to seek the grace of the divine and the god will help you let me let me tell you this much you might not have any knowledge you might not have studied but with this one touch all knowledge is within you let me tell you he will make magic happen but when you have that faith but you need to put your effort my krishna guruji says yeah i have said many a time i didn't study i didn't do this i didn't do that yeah i just got educated formally but the real education is not just the bookish knowledge that you that you that you study when you are in your school or college the real education is to learn about the subjects to go deeper into those subjects and understand why are you studying what are you studying and this is how my krishna guruji has learned and when he was 8 years old he has gone and emptied that whole library he finished all started reading all books and he has read on all subjects but whose interest was it it is his interest he put the effort he made an effort to go to the library he made an effort to go and learn that was amazing but even why haven't we done it like many a time i'll say no my 
you know you will blame your parents you will blame the whole world but why didn't you put your effort you never wanted to study so why are you blaming someone else this is the truth and that is possible because of whatever reason karma you know anything you can blame but you know what even in the worst situation if you have that aspiration that you want to study you can study so who's stopping your own mind please remember there is no no other greater enemy than your own mind it is your mind which doesn't allow you to study progress it is it is that bottleneck the mind is the that head the blockhead that is the one which creates the bottleneck in your life so overcoming this mind is extremely critical and how do you do that the guru is there have his grace is there on you have faith in him and you will be able be able to control the mind you will be able to overcome it so don't allow your mind to say you can't study you can't do this you can't do that it's always going to give you negatives don't let your mind tell you that see when the grace of the god is there what makes you think you can't study what knowledge is not within you it is you need to put that effort you have to lift the bow and arrow and shoot what does it mean you have to open the book you have to make an effort to sit and study and then you say that knowledge has not entered you but in the first place have you opened the book and study no that itself is not happening no then you will blame oh i have not studied i become like this see it's better late than never there is no age to study let me tell you this much but can you put that effort and show that you are capable you know you know prove it to yourself you don't have to prove to anybody else in this world it's it's about empowering the god within you what does this all this teach that you are this divine being the knowledge is within you you need to bring that knowledge out but if you don't put that effort of studying how are you going to bring that knowledge out this is the most beautiful lesson my krishna guruji was teaching even this morning he was saying you know don't at least even even every day make it a point to not just listen to satsang but read something take up the spiritual text and whatever it is it could be a simple st- life story of a saint but read there you will get more knowledge and when you read you will cogitate you will contemplate and then you'll go deeper in the subject but if you don't read then how are you going to evolve so whose effort is important our effort we have to put that effort nobody can give it to you from outside see knowledge everything rests within us but how does the grace will dawn only through self effort that is why lord shri krishna in bhagavad gita keeps saying to arjuna one you are your own best friend and you are your own worst enemy if i if i am my best friend i will put effort i will go and learn but if i am my own enemy then i am not going to do anything and keep blaming for rest of my life and then what happens one fine day death will strike me i will die and again be born as some other i don't know creature cockroach god knows am i going to be born in some pious home i don't even know that because i am living a miserable life so what kind of life will i get in the next few in the next birth i'm going to become a miserable being so why are you doing this everything is in you within you so empower rise wake up and magic will happen and this is exactly what narsim saraswati is going to prove here to this boy with the you know with his touch he is going to bring give him that knowledge it is all there within him through learning only comes wealth happiness respectability and fame they told him that only a learned man will become will be welcomed anywhere and be received with respect by others he will be honored in royal courts and assemblies of the pandits and the wise a man without learning is given no recognition and will receive no respect anywhere which is the truth the youth felt greatly frustrated and desperate he felt his life was a waste he felt that death would be far better than his than his living a life of humiliation 
He left his village and went out wandering in wandering. In, the, in his wanderings, he came across the temple of Bhuvaneshwari in Billavadi on the eastern bank of river Krishna. He sat before the idol in the temple and started on a fast praying fast, praying that unless the deity blessed him with learning and knowledge, he would continue his fast and cut off his tongue and even his head. Moved with compassion, the goddess appeared before him in a dream and said, Go to the other side of the bank. She Narsimha Saraswati, the embodiment of all knowledge, the learning and wisdom is on Sir John there. Pray to him, he will fulfill your desire. Why is she sending to Narsimha Saraswati? Guru is the knowledge, the abode of knowledge, the embodiment of knowledge. Guru is the doorway to God. Without Guru, you can't attain any knowledge, no wisdom, no learning will come. So always seek the grace of your master. Knowledge is the one thing that you need to seek, nothing beyond that. And But please, knowledge is not to get pride and arrogant or become haughty. Knowledge is only to remove your ignorance. So understand the real purpose of knowledge too. Knowledge is not to show your power or, um, you know, bring ego in you. Knowledge is only to do good in this world and to understand the truth and over, you know, get rid of your ignorance. The youth went to Sri Narsimha Saraswati to receive his blessings. Sri Narsimha Saraswati placed his hand on the head of the youth. The block-headed youth became enlightened with all the scriptural learning and knowledge instantly. This is the grace that the gurus can confer. So seek for this alone. Let the grace be so that that knowledge, you can understand that teachings, whatever he's able, he's teaching you, that knowledge should percolate you so that you are able to learn. So only ask for that grace from your master and rest everything, just surrender unto his feet and then you will experience magic. Thus ends the 17th chapter of Sri Guru Charitra describing Brahmin youths Uddharana. Glory to the all-merciful, the omnipresent and the ever-responsive Gurunath. We still have uh, 15 more minutes. Let us continue with the new chapter. Chapter 18. Poor Brahmin finds treasure. This chapter describes how Gurunath comes to Panchaganga Kshetra, the holy confluence of the Panchaganga and river Krishna near Amrapur, Gurunath relieves the poverty of a Brahmin of Amrapur by making him discover a treasure pot in his own yard. Oh my God, this is a very beautiful lesson. Let us see what it is all about. Huh? Siddhamuni told Namdarak that she, Narsimha Saraswati, Sojourn, on the banks of river Krishna was to sanctify the places around and to regenerate the people morally and spiritually. And this is why the great masters wander all over the place. And today, my Krishna Guruji is actually going to begin this in his life. You know, he's done so much. Yes, we, we travel, we do a lot of pilgrimages. Yes, he's finished his job of teaching. He has given all the knowledge. Now today, he wants to go ahead and just travel, meet all the sages, saints. Why? Because he has to, you know, sanctify the places around and to regenerate the people morally and spiritually. Most important. So with his grace, he's just going to go do that. Sri Narsimha Saraswati visited the Panchaganga Sagara, the confluence of the five holy rivers, Shiva, Bhadra, Kumbi, Bhagwati and Saraswati. 
where they all meet and merge in river Krishna. The temple of Amreshwar was located there and hence the place was called Amrapur. Nearby was the Shakti Tita where resided 64 Yogini Shaktis. Serving and worshipping Amreshwar but unseen by others, they are there. You know, this is a very beautiful place. This is, you know, where this place is? This is near Narsobachavadi, where Sri Narsimha Saraswati will have um, lived there under the Audumbra tree in invisible form. Even today, his padukas are kept there and worshipped. This is right opposite to that Narsobachavadi. We, um, some of my Guruji's disciples and along with my Guruji, we visited this place. We had the privilege of my Guru's blessing so that we could visit this holy place. But the very sad part was that this place is not known to the world. And today it's in a, it's in a very, you know, insides of that, uh, uh, you know, this village and hardly anybody visit it's in they're just managing it but it's not kept in a in a in a great condition and yes these 64 yoginis are living there um, it so happened when my krishna guruji and along with few of his disciples when we visited there there was a very old lady who was sitting she was one of the yoginis but appeared to be very ordinary you know very ordinary fragile old you know lady who was um, and she was just completely bent and she was the one who was guarding that place and when we went inside and offered our prayers and my guruji went inside where the priest had called him and he was showing him um, you know he was doing the puja and he was showing him that place um, the yoginis were holding the chamar, the, the umbrella onto my Guruji's head. But of course, we were not able to see. It was only my Guruji who was able to see them. And that is the great ways how these 64 yoginis serve. And let me also, there is a very beautiful story about the 64 yoginis, which I will narrate to you tomorrow. But let us read this beautiful chapter now, okay? The temple of Amreshwar was located there and hence the place was called Amrapur. Nearby was the Shakti Tita, where, where resided 64 Yogini Shakti serving and worshipping Amreshwara. But unseen by others, nearby was Papa Vinasini and other holy Tirtas too. Sri Narsimha Saraswati stayed at Amrapur for 12 years. This place came to be known as Narsobachavadi after Sri Narsimha Saraswati. To avoid crowd, Sri Narsimha Saraswati lived here in seclusion. He was incognito here. Nobody, nobody can see him, but he lived here for 12 years and did tapascharya under the Odumbar tree. In the afternoon, however, he used to go out in the guise of Bhikshu into the town and ask for arms at just one or two houses. Siddha Yogi narrates to Namdarak about an incident that took place during Sri Narsimha Saraswati's stay at Amrapur. In the town lived a poor Brahmin. Added to his poverty, he had a large number of children. He used to live by, live by arms. But when he could not get enough arms, his wife used to cook the leaves of the Gevda. Gevda creeper. It's a vegetable. It's one of the beans. Which was growing on their front yard. 
Thus, the creeper turned out to be the main source of sustenance for the family most of the days. One day, Sri Narsimha Saraswati came to the door of the poor Brahmin and asked for Viksha. The Brahmin welcomed him and offered him worship duly. But as they had nothing in home that day, the wife cooked Gevda leaves and served Gurunath. Gurunath ate it with great satisfaction. He blessed the couple saying, Mahalakshmi Prasada, sorry, Mahalakshmi Prasada Siddhi Rastu. What does it mean? Mahalakshmi Prasada Siddhi Rastu. May the great goddess of wealth shower her full grace on you. That is the blessing which the Guru gave. But see, we think these are very small things. Many a time we receive such beautiful blessings, but we don't understand and neither do we value or even appreciate it. But while leaving the house, he did a strange thing. He pulled to the ground the Gevda creeper and threw it aside. He literally pulled it to the ground and threw it aside. The Brahmin's wife and children were very angry and furious that the stranger ungratefully destroyed the creeper, which was their main sustenance. That's how they, we all think. When sometimes our Guruji, our great masters does certain things in our life. But you know what we believe? Oh, why is this Guru doing this? You know, why does our Guruji does this? Why is he did? He doesn't understand. We are so angry. We think that something bad is going to happen. We think he's destroyed our life. He th we think he has done too many things. On the contrary, what we don't understand is everything that our Guru does to us is only for our well-being. Please remember, he is not a material worldly being. He is the master of this universe. When the divine being does anything with anyone, it is only for everyone's well-being. It is not just one person's well-being or two person's well-being. In that, those who are associated or connected or not connected, he will ensure that everybody's well-being is taken care in the process. This is the greatness of these gurus, which we don't understand, we fail to recognize. No matter how bad you might be or whatever kind of, you know, you are, it doesn't affect my master. It doesn't affect any gurus for that matter. Remember this because he's only doing good to you. But most important, there is a caveat. You know what's a caveat? My, the guru himself is not going to do anything to you. But there is something called his universe, his prakriti. You are going to get your lessons at the God's appointed timing. And when you get that slaps, you better be careful. You don't know what is going to hit you. So don't ever try to mess with his great masters or the divine Lord Almighty. See, because you need to understand, they are not the body. So no karma is getting accrued to them. But when you create karmas, you are going to go in the gutters. So be very careful what you say, what you do, how do you do. That is one of the thing, reasons why my Krishna Guruji is always teaching us, especially me, keep your minds shut up and your mouth. Silence is the mantra, which means we should not even think our mind. And he'll also say that to live in seclusion doesn't mean you live with your mind. So sometimes you say, oh yeah, I'm living alone. I'm doing everything. But who are you living with? Your mind is your biggest, you know, biggest devil with you, who lives with you constantly and telling you all sorts of nonsense. So can you stay in seclusion? Seclusion means to being lost with the divine, to being with the divine almighty in yoga yoga means union with the lord so who is the one you have to live with the god not the devil who's the devil here your mind so please remember 
So don't ever do anything that can, you know, impact because every word that comes from the Guru's mouth is a gospel truth. So be very careful. The Guru is very benevolent. He's very kind. He's compassionate. He's very loving. He understands that this everybody in this universe are this ignorant being. They do not understand. That is why Lord Jesus said to Father in the heaven, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. They are ignorant being. This is the greatness. That is why we say forgiveness equal to godliness. Only the divine masters can forgive, not a human being. We hold grudges. We want to take revenge. We are, we are, we have animosity, hatred, jealousy, envy. See, all these shadripus, anger is not going to give, lead you to God. It's only going to lead you to hell devil that is where it is leading you so who do you want to become the choice rests with you so when the guru says don't get angry in that you need to understand no matter what he does he is doing it for your own well-being in that there is a lot of good that is happening to you but we cannot see at that moment in time but let me tell you much later in life when you look back you will understand i'm so grateful to my guruji he did such nice things to me but you know what when you realize that that day he might not even be there. It's very unfortunate. It'll be too late in life. We wouldn't even have said thank you to him. Very unfortunate. Because we are we are only very selfish human beings. We only care about ourselves. But the master doesn't care about anybody. He doesn't even care about himself. But he only cares about this entire universe. Can you be that? That is what it means to be God. The wife began to weep and the children too, as they all loved and looked after the creeper with great concern and solicitude. They were all worried how they would be able to sustain themselves on the days when the Brahmin would return home without receiving any, receiving any arms. The Brahmin tried to comfort his wife by saying, God is there to feed and protect it if we have but faith in him. Absolutely. Why are you bothered? This is exactly what my Krishna Guruji will also say. How the money comes, where the money comes, how you need to get your, you know, three meals a day or two meals a day, whatever that he has to give, it will come to you. Why are you worried? Who do you think you are to worry about your life or anybody else? He's the one who's already programmed. He's taking care of you. He's there to feed you. So why bother? If he has to give you a torn clothes, please accept. That is all he wants to give you. If he doesn't want to give you or he wants to give you a Rolls Royce, please accept the Rolls Royce too. So the choice rests with him alone. What he has to bestow upon you, he will. So why are you thinking, I want this, I don't want this. Don't even bother about it. Just surrender. Have faith in him. That my father, my mother, my great God, my Guru Ma will take care of me. Have that conviction and that faith. That is alone is good enough for you to sail through and know that whatever he's doing, everything is happening for your good alone. The Guru has no ulterior motives. Please remember, he is an avaduta. He is a desireless being. He serves this universe selflessly. And even if he is accepting something from you, please remember, it's for you. Your benefit only he is taking that. Because he doesn't have any interest in that. You need to understand. The Brahmin tried to comfort his wife by saying, God is there to feed and protect if we have but faith in him. He is he not sustaining the frog in the cavity of the stone? How does the... Mother, get milk from her breast to feed the child if it is not the God of, sorry, if it is not the doing of the God. Are not birds and animals in the forest provided with their food? When God is there, the provider and the providence for all, 
Why should we bother our heads with unnecessary worries and anxieties? Look at his faith. How beautiful it is. That is the kind of faith we need to have. What is all these stories teaching us? It is teaching us what kind of shraddha you need to have and what kind of saburi you need to have. This is called Guru Bhakti. The absolute faith unto the lotus feet of your Guru. He has complete surrender and unconditional love and exclusive devotion. This is what Guru Bhakti and Guru Seva means. When God is there, the provider and the providence for all, why should we bother our heads with unnecessary worries and anxieties? Without praying to him, why wail over a tiny creeper? We can as well plant a branch again and it will grow up. In few days, everything will have a divine purpose and everything is for our good. Exactly what is it? There is a divine purpose which you and I can't see because we cannot see beyond our nose. We cannot see how the God looks at this entire universe. His view is 360 degree view. He is the master of this universe. He knows your past, present and your future too. So he is only going to do what that is right for you. But when you don't listen to your using your own mind, self-conceit and deceit and do exactly what he is saying you not to do, you are in trouble. Maya is you are going to get entangled in the snares of the Maya. Then you will get two tight slaps and then don't blame your guru or your god and master. And all that laughter will turn, turn into a miserable cry. So be careful. Be cautious. Always, you know, have that humility and humbleness. Don't go against the will of your Gurudev. Please remember, it is extremely important. When you don't pay heed to listen to him, then everybody is going to face the same repercussions. It's whether it is me or you or anybody in this world. We cannot go against the divine ordain. Remember this. Guru Bhakti and Guru Seva is the only way to redeem all your karmas and sins. It is not for any other thing. And the Guru has no ulterior motives in telling you don't do this or don't do that. Why is he warning you? Because he knows there is some pitfalls there. He knows there is some calamities. He wants to avert that. But if you do not pay heed, then you are in trouble. Tomorrow, don't hold the master responsible or God responsible for all your, you know, mis misdemeanors. Everything will have, will have a divine purpose and everything is for our good alone. We should take things in that spirit. I am sure our guest certainly would not have intended any harm to us. Let us face things as they come. But with faith in the Lord and in his doings. How beautiful. This is the kind of faith we need to have. Unflinching faith. Absolute faith. The wife was now reconciled and calmed down. Both of them went into the yard. The Brahmin pulled out the roots of the Gevda creeper also and started digging there to make place to plant a branch creeper there. Lo, as he was digging with the iron crowbar, he heard a clinging sound as if the crowbar was hitting against a hard surface. As they dug out and looked in, they found a vessel full of gold coins lying buried there. They took it out and were overjoyed that the guest's blessing Sri Mahalakshmi Prasadha Siddhi Rastu turned true so soon. They immediately ran after the strange bhikshu. They found him at the Audamba tree and fell at his feet, pouring out their gratitude. Thereafter, they remained staunch devotees of Guru Nath. Do you see? It's only for the good. The Guru does only for our good alone. But we don't revere him. We don't value him. We take him for too much granted. 
we think we can behave anyway speak anyway do whatever we want disrespect this is what today's age how people behave with the gurus the great masters they can treat him like an ordinary human being and then get away with murder and saying oh guru guruji it is your doing only ah you think guruji is doing you want to go do something you want to commit all the misdemeanors and come and put the blame on the guru how convenient is that see for those who have the guru please remember to value respect and revere him because that opportunity is never going to come back again and you lose this opportunity it's gone it's never ever going to come back again no matter how much you want to then express to him who are you going to express to him when he's gone dead and gone today you have him value him you know use that moment very wisely and respect you know that's a precious moments that you are going to have with him so learn as much as you can evolve and don't waste that time it's very important because time doesn't wait for anybody so know that this is how your great masters are they always care about your well being and they'll give you more than what you can ever imagine you don't even have to ask they will on their own at the right timing will bestow upon you which is unimaginable your mind cannot cannot even fathom that it's beyond even your imagination that is what they'll give you so have that faith trust in the divine lord's plan his plan is far greater he knows what is good for his children and he will give that one which is right for you and which will have no karma no sins so with that we end the story i hope you you know you have understood a little bit of what it means to have guru bhakti and how to do guru seva everything is only teaching about that and most important how to recognize this real master what is the nature how does he behave what does he do what does he come for this is what every story is teaching us so you know learn and this will really help you for those who have the guru and those who are seeking him seek with and continue to seek he will find you when the time is right have that faith so thank you um sorry we finished this chapter that ends the 18th chapter of shri guru charitra describing vipara dhanya haranam removal of the misery of the brahmin glory to the all merciful the omnipresent and the ever responsive gurunath thank you so much for joining shri guru charitra parayan i wish you all a very happy thursday once again see you all tomorrow morning at the same time ओम श्री महागणपते नम ओम श्री गुरुदेव दत्त ओम श्री सचिदानंद सद्गुरु साईनाथ महाराज की जय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय दिगंबरा दिगंबरा श्रीपाद वल्लभ दिगंबरा ओम श्री कृष्ण गुरुनाथनाथ श्री गुरुवे नम ओम देवी दुर्गाय नम ओम श्री कृष्णार्पणम नमस्तु कृष्णम वंदे जगद्गुरु